Welcome back to Brain Bites. Joining me as always now is James Green. James, how are you today? I'm well, Blake. How are you? I'm doing great. Today, we're going to talk about something that is super awesome and everyone has probably used again. MFA. We've used those three letters quite a lot. Um, and I actually you know, came up with the idea to record this episode because I listened to some of our previous episodes <laughs> and realized we say MFA a whole lot. What is MFA? But we've never really broken it down. So yeah. what do the three letters MFA stand for, James? Yeah, so MFA or multi-factor authentication. There you go. And you might see MFA or 2FA. Which or is, OTP. Or OTP. All the acronym. It's IT. There's acronyms for everything. We love our alphabet soup. Pretty much. Um, so yeah, but MFA, multi-factor authentication. So it is as simple as it sounds, it is multiple factors yep. of authentication. So how you have interacted with MFA or 2FA or something, along, you know, whatever acronym you want to use is when you try and log into whatever system it is that you're trying to log into. Yep. And it says, we've emailed you a code, we've texted you a code, use this app to approve the login, right? And so Obviously, it's a security thing. We've all picked up on that. But James, what is the specific security benefit to MFA? Well, I'm going to I'm going to take one step back real okay. quick. So, multi-factor authentication. Let's talk about the factors real quick. Okay. So, break the factors down first. So, typically there's there are three factors that that when you talk about multi-factor authentication that people talk about. It's something you know, which is going to be a password or or something that is in your brain that you need to type in and that's what it wants as that factor something you have which is going to be something on your phone that's going to be an application or or um, you'll see a an rsa token or, or a hardware token where it's something that you have to have on you in order to authenticate in and now there's something you are so that's going to be your biometric data that's uh, a face id if you're using an apple device right um, or touch id or fingerprint sensors things like that that is something that is inherent to you only you have those things. Right. So those are the big three factors. There's a fourth one that's starting to crop up, which we'll talk about later. But those are your main factors for multi-factor authentication. Um, now, to answer your question about security-wise, right. um, so when systems started coming up and, okay, I need to be able to logically access this system, the super simple thing to deploy was a password. And for years, that was the way to do it. Username, password. James, password. Um, and over the years, that's become less and less secure because it's super simple to, A, try to crack that. B, a lot of people like to share them, which you shouldn't. Um, and so that's where multi-factor authentication started to come in. Okay, we need to add another gate, another layer of security. Right. Again, to, going back to a couple of weeks, you can layer these things on top of one another. Um, so that's where the that next thing is something you have. That's that next layer. So, okay, I've put in my username, i put in my password. Now it's asking me for something that I have, whether it's uh, a banking system emailing me a code or my doctor's office emailing me something or texting me something that is something that has been given to me that I now have that I need to type in. So those are those one-time passwords. Right. And MFA or just multiple forms of authentication, it's actually not, you know, not IT specific and it's not yeah. anything new. Think about 10 years ago, you were asked for essentially mfa when you went to the dmv right and you want to get your license or renew your license they right. say bring us you know a form of 
state identification, uh, you know, your, your previous driver's license or uh, debit cards even, you know, with your name on it, and then bring us a, a, a utility bill yep. to prove that you do live at that location. That's just another form of authentication. You, you know, probably 30 years ago, you went to the DMV and said, hi, I'm Blake. I live here. And they said, cool, here's your license. Right. right. But then people started to get, you know, hey, maybe I can go get a license as James and, you know, do whatever it is you want to do as James. So then they said, OK, well, let's step up the security. So that's that original password was good enough. Right. Yep. And then, you know, programs and things came along to brute force and get into passwords. And so and then part of that, too, is we're starting to log into systems from places that aren't our computers now, too. Right. Right. 30 years ago, 20 years ago, your internal systems at your office were your systems. It was it was something that, you know, your your company maintained or maybe a company, you know, a, a yeah, IT was, company managed for building. you, but it was all in your building. It was all local to you. Yep. So that password never left anywhere. It never left the doors. And if it was outside the doors of your company, it didn't really matter because you couldn't get into those systems outside the office very easily. I could argue that there was multi-factor authentication. Right. You, you had to have a key to get in the yeah, building. Exactly. You had to have a something you have, a key, to get in the door to the building or to, you know, the password to get onto your computer was the second form of authentication. Yep. Once you logged into your computer, you were you were in the system. So multi-factor authentication comes in, in many ways with the, the factors that you have, factors that you are, and the factors that you know with password. Um, so what, what are some of the ways that we can make multi-factor authentication a little bit more user-friendly? Because no one wants to have to type in uh, you know, or open their phone every time they want to log into a system or no one wants to have to, you know, have a physical hardware token yeah. when when they're at their office. If, if I'm at my office and I always log into the system every day at this at the office, I don't want to have to get prompted for this every single time. So what are some of the ways we can make it more user friendly? So good segue. That is kind of that fourth layer that's that's starting to come up. And that's kind of that conditional access right. that where, OK, to use your example. Okay, cool. So this is Blake. And Blake, Monday through Friday, is always logging in from this IP address or this location. In fact, I want all of my employees at this location to be able to log in with that username and password without having to have that other prompt. So I can go in and tell whatever system it is, as long as it supports modern authentication and supports conditional access, to say, okay, anytime that these users come in and it is within the last and logins that they've done, and it's coming in from this IP address, then cool, they can just come in with username and password. Right, and those conditional access systems are actually starting to get smarter as we deploy machine learning and AI into these systems that they can actually detect patterns in your behavior, right? right? If, you, if you use an iPhone, you've probably experienced this when you, somehow it knows when you get in your car, right? And it tells you, hey, 30 minutes to work today and you're just like how does it know i'm well you always behavioral you know get in your car at this certain time of day so it's just giving you a pop-up right they're starting to implement things like that into these multi-factor authentication applications or just into the applications themselves where okay so i'm at my office or at least the application thinks i'm at my office but it's 3 a.m and i'm not normally logging in from the office at 3 a.m let's go ahead and prompt and that's yeah, it can be annoying if you're for some reason you did come into the office at 3 a.m. But having that extra layer of security that says this is outside the normal behaviors. Right. For Blake, you know, he doesn't normally log in at 3 a.m. even if he's in his office or 
it can actually start to learn your behavior. So if at 7 p.m. every single day I log in from home, it might even begin to, obviously this is something that you configure to allow because it's outside of the office, but it might start to just not prompt you as often if you're at home and logging in every day at the same time. And as long as your home IP address is the same, right? But it's starting to learn your behaviors and yep. prompt less or change the way it prompts. You know, maybe there's, if you're, if you're using a system that has multiple ways to authenticate, some are more secure than others, it might revert to some of the easier authentication prompts. Yep. And that's where you can start in that behavioral sense that you can start doing what's called factor sequencing is so that maybe, okay, cool. You come into the office and you're coming in from this IP address. I don't care about a password. Just put in your username and then a, a prompt on your phone and boom, you're in. Um, that's, that's starting to go towards what Microsoft and what Okta is doing with a passwordless authentication. Right. So I think I talked about it a couple of weeks ago where basically you put in your email address and then on the screen it displays a number. Right. And then it pops up on your phone and says, phone, what number boom, do you see on your phone? I biometrically authenticate and it lets me in. Don't even have to worry about a password. Right. But then maybe if you're signing in for the first time ever from a foreign country, mm-hmm. it's going to ask you for your password. It's going to ask go, you for your code. Right. It's going to ask you for a pop-up on your phone because you've never signed in from that country before. Right. Even if even if it's legitimate, it's still going to go through a bunch of checks just to really make sure you are who you, you're you logging in from where you actually say you're trying to log into. Yep. Well, that is multi-factor authentication in a nutshell. Um, there's, of course, like everything else in IT, there's... Yeah, we could talk about this for like two, an hour. Two more days of content that yeah. we could generate on this, but I uh, hope you found it in entertaining and educational and we will see you next week have a good one